to the next episode of Content That Grows podcast. I'm sitting down again this episode with Derek Flint, uh, Marketing Manager at 10Speed. How's it going, Derek? Going well. Happy to be back. Yes, yes. Glad to be uh, back in, in studio. A little delayed from what we planned because you had the uh, hurricane uh, down the floor you're dealing with, but glad everybody's all right and uh, excited to be jumping back in. So today we are continuing on the the pattern. You know, last episode we dug deep into Twitter distribution, kind of talked about a lot of aspects of that. And so today we're talking about LinkedIn. Um, so we're not going through every possible social channel, but these were the two that we felt like were uh, probably the most relevant for a lot of um, SaaS companies and, and where there's a lot of engagement. Uh, so uh, jumping in today, I think we, you know, really the goal here is just to have a lot of um, of that sort of back and forth of, you know, the theory and strategy of it, but also talking a bit more tactical about what you can do and how you can take away um, some practical things for your company to be distributing more content on LinkedIn. So um, I guess to, to get started, you know, I think Derek would love to have you just kind of outline a few of the things that you uh, like the reasons that you think LinkedIn is such an important distribution channel for SaaS companies. Yeah. So I think for the first point to kind of touch on something you talked about in the very first kind of overview episode is that LinkedIn right now is one of those unique distribution channels that both can speak to an audience of followers that you've built. Um, but it, also expands your reach. So the the social network itself and the algorithms are still promoting kind of this reach. Uh, we haven't necessarily seen the saturation of, of creators and brands producing content on there. So there's just still a ton of opportunity to grow your brand visibility, whether it's personal or the company page. Yep. Um, and then pretty practically, I think around, especially if you're in the B2B space, like we were talking about before this, um, B2B SaaS companies are using it and like some version, like if you're a marketer marketing to other marketers for your software, whatever you're doing, like you, your audience is likely yeah. there. So whether you're a sales professional or a marketing professional, or you're the CEO of a SaaS company and you're just sharing, you know, guidance to creating a, a great company, growing a company, hiring talent, all of that sort of stuff. So I think in that way, it's pretty unique. And it's a career outlet, which I think is fascinating. So you're, you're getting, yes, you know, a bunch of people who are interested in growing and, and offering professional advice or receiving professional advice. So in that regards, I just think it, for a company, it's a really unique space. Um, like we talked about, it might not be for everybody. There's probably, you know, B2C instances where your customers or clients aren't there. Um, but I, I still think if you know they're there, it's a great distribution channel. It's still early enough to, to get in on the action. Um, yeah. And it's really, I mean, yeah, I, I think that covers most of that. Do you have anything to add to that? Yeah. Yeah, no, I think, um, I think your point on the, the fact that it is like a career focused website. I mean, obviously it started out much more that way, but um, that is still a huge element. And I think that you're right that um, it is when done right, there's far more than just, I want to blast the marketing message of my company onto this 
channel and there's just opportunities to um, reach your prospects, but also like develop partnerships. A lot of, you know, companies can you know, gain additional attention and traction for future fundraising. Uh, certainly hiring, recruiting top talent is a big part of that. And so uh, people want to work for companies that they admire and that they know and that people, other people know about. And so there's all these things that sort of build into that, that there's just like, it affects so much of your SaaS company and not just like, hey, this is a place where we post our new blogs when they're ready or something, you know? So uh, I think there's a lot of, of really good stuff there for, for SaaS companies. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's also, it's a pretty enjoyable space. You know, like I use it personally to connect with a lot of people who are just in our industry. So there's, there's like yep. the prospect aspect like you talked about, but um, there's just a ton of skilled content marketers. Like there's reasons to be on there and learn and like share and mm -hmm. trade ideas um, and then promote each other, which gives everyone reach. Like it's, it's kind of a, an interesting testing ground for ideas because the comment section can be pretty yeah. lit at times. Um, yeah. And so it's great because then you learn to iterate, like you don't get it right. Sometimes like you give advice and you're like, Oh, this sounds really good. And then someone comes in with a poignant idea of why, like, Meh, I don't know. That doesn't always work. And then your next message will yeah. be that much more succinct, but um, I really enjoy it for, yeah. for that ability as like a person who's, like I said, you know, loves the career aspect or the personal branding aspect of it. Yeah. I think the other thing that's really valuable uh, and it's possible we'll touch on this a little bit more um, later in the episode, but I also think that for a company um, thinking about it as a distribution channel, I think there's value in knowing and understanding that it, um, it's not like a here and gone feed, like, like many other um, social networks, there's, uh, you know, when your company gets a new follower or you, if you're posting personally, get a new follower, um, they will be shown some of your content from in the past couple of weeks. Uh, you know, I think it's up to a month. I've, I don't know if I've seen beyond that, but um, probably depends as well about the, the volume of publishing, but um I think that's a lot of value too, that you think about sort of that compounding growth of like continue to get followers and it's not entirely dependent on you having the next post because it's, they are seeing some of the past stuff that's done really well uh, and just that much more um, uh, reach and, and distribution that you get for that content because of the fact that it will continue to show stuff even after the fact. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I mean, that's one of the reasons why I think LinkedIn's so much more enjoyable for garnering attention through distribution than like Twitter can be. Twitter's got the amplification, but it's just nice that your content can hang around for a little while. And LinkedIn, um, the algorithm in that way is just, it treats you, treats you better. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So sticking on the, the like distribution part or distributing your, your content on LinkedIn, you know, what, what are some of the things that you kind of like routinely see, you know, companies get wrong when they do improperly distribute that? Yeah. Oh, I think so one, there's one that we've talked about before and we see a lot is just, um, 
if there's still a tendency for people to create a post on LinkedIn that's, you know, maybe a little bit of intro, maybe no intro at all, and it's just a link to uh, a blog post or a video or, or, you know, webinar or whatever it might be, the, whatever the content is, they're just p- posting a link on there and wanting people to leave and go check it out. And so um, that is missing out on some of that, like, zero-click uh, type of stuff where people can actually consume some or all of the content without having to go to the link. Um, so I think that's that's a big area where we still see that happening uh, a decent amount. Um, another is just like they're just significantly less um, than what they could be doing. So if you look at any company who has been around for a little while, maybe have like 250 blog posts, a number of guides, you know, some, some other content formats there. Um, you realistically could post two to three times per day, every day for a year, uh, (laughs) just on the content you already have. And so I think there's a substantial, like that's probably the biggest, most glaring thing. It's just the opportunity cost of not continuing to promote what you already have. Um, and that's not entirely specific to LinkedIn, but I do think that, um, that a lot of that would do well in, in there. Um, another is like not understanding the, the different post types. So, uh, I think there's value in what we talked about before of like, what is the content format and how do you best match that to how people want to consume it? So, um, very obvious one, don't post a link on LinkedIn to, to a video for someone to go watch it, put the video on LinkedIn you know, it would be, you know, one, one obvious area, but there are other things, you know, that can be broken up into the carousel images or, uh, just different post types like that. And so I think that's another one, um, you know, a, a debated aspect of it. And I think there's decent proof around this, but still, I think a bit debated is like, uh, whether or not to put links to stuff in your actual post. So you see a lot of people say, you know, link is in the comments, um, and that's done because of uh, LinkedIn limiting the reach of the post when the link is actually like there's a link in the post taking people off of the site. So, um, I you know I would say if anything, uh, test it out. I don't think it's like something that's been a hard proven thing. I mean, you correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think LinkedIn's come out and said like yeah this uh, this uh, lowers your reach, but. Um, definitely is something to at least test out for yourself. Yeah, no, it, it seems like I've read it and I've heard it anecdotally a million times, but like LinkedIn has come out and said that they right. don't do that, but it just right. is never the yeah. case that that post does well. So I'm like kind of inclined to believe it right. or just accept that as a best practice. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then, yeah, I, th- I think the only other thing I would say is just like the consistency factor, which I've definitely been guilty of this. Like there are a lot of times on the, from a personal standpoint um, that I'm pretty consistent with creating content and engaging um, and it makes a big difference. Uh, but then I just uh, allow myself to fall off for a while and it really does uh, have an impact. So I think, um, you know, really as a company determining what you can do consistently, kind of without fail. And then some of the systems we've talked about in the past, you know, working ahead to uh, have content ready. So you're not like kind of always 
uh, last moment trying to come up with stuff, you kind of have a backlog to be working from um, to adjust when there are timing issues on your end. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot, you know, and I think it's like, um, you know, just understanding the nature of the format, what, what you should or shouldn't do in terms of like where to put links and things like that. Um, just pulling a lot of the value out of the content and putting it into the posts, having different formats for your posts, depending on that. Um, and in being consistent, I think are all things that are important, but, uh, areas where we see people kind of missing the mark sometimes. Mm -hmm. I think, um, uh, kind of like two parts that I've at least been, been watching and like thinking about more and more, like how they, they impact things is like a lot of times we're going for impressions. Like we really want to see, you know, that, that post yeah. get in front of a lot of people, um, but like video content, when something becomes a video post, it generally garners less impressions. And that has to do with how, you know, the algorithm treats those different post types. Um, but what I've just, again, this is anecdotal, but like what I've noticed is that the video content, when, when done well, obviously, tends to garner more comments. Um, and I just think it's the way people engage with it and the type of people who get served video content in relation to you um, and how that's kind of working in the algorithm because it's trying to best determine who's who's right for this type of content and like who's most interested in yeah. getting that information from you. Um, yeah. So that, that's been something I've been thinking about. And then the other thing is there's a lot of talk about speed to interaction um, so it's one thing to, and you mentioned this, but like, it's one thing to just like post and post consistently. It's another thing to like strategize out, you know, well, go make five comments on other people's posts that are substantial and sure. then go post your thing. So they're served your information or they go check you out after you comment on their post. Um, right. And then you have like these quote unquote speed views and things that we're starting to see even in tools like shield. Yeah. 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 I think that's a fair point. Um, and I think, you know, going back to what you said about the video, I think there's, it can be really, um, interesting when you look at the stats, I've seen some folks share similar stuff, but as a hypothetical, uh, say you run a 30 minute webinar, and you have whatever, 100 people there who stay for the whole 30 minutes, that would be 300 minutes of viewing mm -hmm. time, you know, essentially of your webinar. Um, and I think there are a lot of cases where you could take three or four clips from that webinar uh, and post them onto LinkedIn and collectively across those four have substantially more minutes of view time than the original 300 from the webinar. So um, sure. again, I think it's a little bit about that, like repurposing aspect that I talked about earlier, but like it, when you really think about the video from that perspective, the impressions may not be that high clicks are probably very low, but like the view time, total view time that you can um, gain from, from doing that and breaking it up, I think is, is highly impactful for a lot of companies. Yeah, we, so, um, 
I took uh, one of our posts about the our blog post about using ICPs to help you kind of identify content topics and uh, the importance yeah. of understanding that type of information before you do keyword research. And I did just like a, a doodle video, which I think you saw. Yeah. And I, that video, uh, it's 50 seconds. And on LinkedIn now has, I think it just crossed the 600 minute mark of views. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> Uh, not only have people, you know, read the blog, we've distributed that, we've broken it down, we've, we've provided the messaging, but like a full repurpose um, yep. contributed to people receiving that in a way that they were more receptive to or it resonated with them and they didn't have to go through a long form blog post. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And you didn't have to, that. I mean, yeah, my example before of 100 people, 30 minute webinar, like what you did is the equivalent of two. <laughs> yeah and yeah, that no, video absolutely. was substantially less work less time to do that so um right. yeah sometimes it's just about like really just looking at the stats and mm -hmm. and being a little more objective about that so for sure um but yeah so i mean i think we've already kind of touched a little bit on like you know we were talking originally talking there about like what people where people are getting it wrong uh what they could be doing differently um, so I think we're kind of touching on it, but would love to kind of flip that a little bit and just talk about some of the ways, uh, more, more tactically that companies can be getting, uh, distribution on LinkedIn. Right. Yeah. So I think what, uh, a few of the keys uh, on LinkedIn, the first one is similar to what we talked about in the Twitter episode, which is, um, you know, the way I would start thinking about this, if your brand isn't the kind of biggest, most prominent part of like your distribution on LinkedIn yet, um, yeah. then within your company, just simply identify the biggest influence or we can, we'll use the term influencer at your company. Sure. Um, so, and then, uh, from there you start to get into, you know, like, how are you influencing? Like, how do you help them build content and distribute it? Um, and how can you get your, your team involved? Uh, Cause we see a lot of, you know, a lot of teams, especially in SaaS, that are starting to get this right, you know, for everything from like color coding the background of the headshots so people know they're all a team and they're seeing that to, mm -hmm. you know, having five people post about your sweet piece of content in a different way, um, positioned slightly differently, yeah. and how far that can go. Yeah. And then you kind of use your, your brand website to pull that all together, kind of culminate, have a refined take on that. It's like... One option yep. I think works really well for small brands. Um, to your point, uh, the opposite of not being consistent, which is just to be consistent on yep. there. Um, I, I don't think most brands, I think it's fine if you want to do three posts per week. You're just consistent about it. Um, but I yep. think easily most companies can, can probably find time to post five days a week. Um, there's a little bit of co-marketing here that I think can happen, but it's less of the like link distribution in post, like you were mentioning, um, or it's less like Twitter threads in that way. It's more of uh, if someone posts something really great that you want to see, you'd, I wouldn't share their post. I would probably synthesize what they said and then tag them in it. Uh, this helps it reach... Yep you know, their audience as well. It attracts them to come look at it, but you haven't asked anyone to leave the platform. 
Um, so there's a different right. element of co-marketing, but it's still available to you. Uh, we did this by like promoting one of ClearScope's webinars when they were talking about a topic with uh, Dooley and it's something near and dear to our agency. So it was kind of a win-win. We, we got kind of that like and promotion from everybody. Yeah. Um, and then something I, I've been just sort of, this has just been like watching and seeing, um, and I've, I've heard some people mention doing this, but is having your company page function as kind of promoting employees. But a lot of times we see companies do this in a way that's like, um, we got a new staff member or like, here's our new staff member's dog, mm-hmm. uh, which is cute and fun and like you can probably find a way to work that in depending on the brand's personality. But I think when you're talking about content distribution, like a really great way to do this is just to like let your employees or your founders like have their take on that piece of content, offer extreme value. They may, you know, insert that link in the comments, yada, yada. But letting the brand highlight their their posts and kind of like, nod to them is like, Hey, you know, look at one of our staff members has this great take. We wholeheartedly agree with this as a company. Um, so you're kind of like helping support each other would be my, my kind of like point on that, on like how you work in content distribution and this employee advocate advocacy component of all of this. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I think there's, there's a lot there. Um, that that does make sense, you know, featuring employees, employee spotlight type of stuff, uh, or like recognizing accomplishments. I think um, the other big thing there is just making sure you're just doing it all in the post, not trying to like take people mm-hmm. to the blog post about the employee spotlight. Again, kind of hitting on that. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I think the only thing I would add is, you know, again, sort of the, the inverse of what we were talking about before, but um I think there's just a ton of opportunity to uh, mix up the formats and like be, be creative about how you can take content you already have and repackage it into new formats uh, for LinkedIn. So that everything's not a text post or a single image post, you know, you really can, can do quite a bit more. Um, I mean, even just thinking about like, the number of companies that have blog posts on their site, that's, you know, five ways to do this or, you know, eight, whatever, like these listicles are very, very easy to translate into the carousel images and, and kind of pulling away those highlights, making it easy to consume. So um, I think there's uh, companies that do a good job of that and really bring the visual visualization of data Um and insights uh, in, a, in a really creative way. So there's some good stuff there. Yeah. And I, so there, something I, I've seen a lot of these SaaS companies do well that I, I've even been trying to incorporate a little bit with our brand page is um, when you're distributing those elements and, and their lists or something like that, is the hook in some way being both like active voice and then I don't know the technical term for this, but in some way like present voice, um, Mm -hmm. meaning like it has some applicable thing to do with what they're likely 
to be doing now. So like you had that post a while back about like, if I were walking into Q4, here's what I would do. Yeah. You know, at, at a company, I think that that type of intro tends to perform better because it sounds like you're in the here and now you're not necessarily just throwing out a like, here's eight best practices, but you're, you're like leading them into those eight best practices in a certain way. Yes. Yeah. And like it or not in that example, like everybody's heading in. Well, unless you have some offbeat fiscal calendar, like <laughs> a standard fiscal calendar, like pretty much everybody's heading into Q4. So like that automatically applies to them because of right. that, uh, in a timely way. Yep. Totally agree. Yep. Yeah. So I get, I'd be curious what, what's your opinion on the whole, you know, company page versus personal profiles or, or both for the SaaS companies we're seeing on LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, you know, the easy answer is like both, you know, always eager to say, let's do it all, you know, do everything. And so I think the ideal is to have both. You have, um, whether it's CEO or just a number of prominent folks on the team who are frequently uh, distributing and, and publishing via their personal profiles and sort of building that up in a very relatable person-to-person uh, -person way. Uh, but then you also have brand pages that are uh, sharing a lot of content, a lot of insights, um, and just adding, continue to add value. Um, when you have to make the decision because of resources, I think there's two, two ways you can go about it. Like you can, um, you can just say we are going to do both, but we're just going to commit to like two posts a week or one post a week from the, the company page. But again, staying consistent and just, uh, committing to whatever you're able to, to stick to. Um, so I think that's an option or, um, just try to do as much as possible with one or the other and then just share kind of what's happening there. So talking about sort of like bare bones, you know, we're a team of marketing team of one spread thin, like you can only do so much. Uh, I think that's kind of where we would start. But then again, yes, yeah, sort of the ideal I think is having both. And I think one of the big reasons that I, uh, I think this is still extremely important to build on the company page is that is sort of no matter what happens with team members or, you know, some of the bigger influencers, because we've, you know, certainly seen some of the marketing influencers, if you will, in the B2B space uh, have moved on. And as mm -hmm. a company, if you haven't built that up as a on, within your own realm uh, and you're solely depending on this one employee who's built up, uh, a big following, then I think you will feel that pain when they leave, uh, and, and you don't have something to, to keep going and be consistent. So, uh, I do think there's a, a big value in companies continuing to, to, um, share good content and, and build up a, their own audience there. And then just be willing to, you know, ride the coattails of if you have an employee or a founder who's uh, has a much bigger following, um, like let that be what grows the company page and, and attracts things over time. But, um, having that staying power and something that's consistently there for the company and owned by the company, I think is really important. 
Um, yeah, I, <laughs> you know, a company I'll be curious about is like that, that prompts in my head is gong. Um, only cause like I don't work in sales. So like I see their stuff, which is amazing that I, I see their stuff or, or follow them in some ways. Um, but I definitely was brought to and watch them because of Devin Reed, um, who now is at, is it Clary, Clary? Um, yep. And so I'll just be curious, like, I still think Gong has talented marketers over there, you know, who are going to do a nice job of doing the consistent consistency part, but I'll be very curious to see like, uh, if the performance is the same or, um, you know, how they communicate they're doing via social media with the like missing element of that employee influencer. Yeah. 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 And it's, it is interesting. So Chris, uh, at gong, I think has like, I think potentially even before Devin came out, I don't know all the details, but I think he, I think he reaches a lot more of the sales side of that audience. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, Devin, you know, being content marketing had just naturally built up a lot more on the marketing side. So, um, I think there's, there are pieces of it, but like that just may be a hard piece for them to, to gain back a lot of traction there. Um, but maybe not because I think they've built up the company page and and the presence there as well. But yeah, that's definitely a, a recent one. Um, but you know, there, there's just a lot that, that goes with that. And, you know, it's not like, uh, whatever, like professional sports when, <laughs> uh, whatever, say baseball, cause we're in the postseason right now, but like the, um, the star player leaves, like they take their stats with them pretty much, you know, obviously not past yeah. ones, but like, the the RBIs and hits and on base and everything like that goes like the company, the team can't keep that in any way. Um, And so I think if you're not um, intentional about what you're doing and you're just purely dependent on people, then you're subjecting yourself to that situation where you lose that reach, you lose the audience, uh, you lose a lot of that uh, when they leave, if you haven't built it up otherwise. So um, I, I think you know, I've, I've gone back and forth for sure, because I think, um, in the last, you know, eight to 10 years, I think there's been a, we talked about some more Twitter, like big departure away from people being like excited to follow a brand and, and talk to a brand on a social profile. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's really much more about like, I'd rather connect with and engage with people. Um, but I do think that LinkedIn is a bit unique in that from a distribution standpoint, the company page can still add a ton of value. Um, and it's just further benefited by the personal profiles and team outreach and that kind of stuff. For sure. Cool. Yep. That's cool. a lot of LinkedIn. Um, all right. Well, I think, yeah, I think we've covered a lot. Um, and you know, we have a few, few more episodes remaining for the season or we'll talk about, um, uh, measurement of cont- content distribution and a few other things uh, in the upcoming episodes. So uh, be sure to visit tenspeed.io slash podcast where you can see 
listen to or watch any of the past episodes uh, we've had from prior seasons or this season. Uh, if you want to get caught up on this season and then uh, you feel free to subscribe on the site to get notified when we have uh, new episodes drop, or you can uh, subscribe on Apple, Spotify, any of the, the platforms that you choose to listen on. Uh, so yeah, thanks again, Derek. And uh, for anyone still listening, thanks for uh, joining us on this discussion around LinkedIn distribution. <laughs>